just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. <laughs> very important interview. <laughs> We're going to be working very hard. So, so you know, you know, these two are brothers. I don't know what you're saying. It's just me and Eno now? No, no, it's, no, no, it's all four of us. No, it's no sound can... from you two. Oh, you can't hear? You can't hear? It's your sound. Eno, can you hear us? I, I see him mute and unmuting, but I, you, I can hear all you guys, yeah. Oh, I can't hear Sam or Brian. You okay. can't hear testing, testing. There you go. Figure it out. Jay. God, it's that mustache. That's it was working a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I assume, Eno Saris, that you are home with the wife and kids, correct? What is yeah. going on? <laughs> We're live streaming. <laughs> are you guys messing with me, Sam? So no. can you no. not hear us for real? Jay, okay, go in, go back out. Go yeah, in. I would try that. Go. They're telling you to go in and go back out. If you can hear me, yeah, yeah. there we go. Uh, so, uh, uh, how's homeschooling going? Uh she uh, actually, you know, we're pretty lucky. Um, my wife's husband, who I'm, I wouldn't otherwise say I'm lucky that he lives in my house. <laughs> but right now I'm pretty happy that he lives in our house because <laughs> he's like, you know, kind of a ne'er-do-well that doesn't have a job and all that crap. But like now I'm like, ah, great. You don't have a job. You, gotta you take care of him. <laughs> carry, carry your weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so what are you doing? Like, is are the schools, you know, sending you, uh, uh, I assume, like everything went online relatively easy or? Yeah, or? there's like 20 million emails every day. And it's like, <laughs> zoom this, zoom that. And I'm just like, ah, like, leave me alone. Okay. Okay. All right. And how old are you? Seven and five. Yeah. Same. And okay. I'm like, does my, does my five-year-old really need to do a Zoom? Oh, like, my five-year-old's been on like three this week. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say my six-year-old had two. It's like, come on! Like, I think that with this age, like, we're actually kind of lucky in a way because, like, they'll miss some time, but it won't. I don't know how foundational it is. Like, I think they can still learn a lot by just like reading. True. Like, my yeah. my kids just like reading a lot, and like you know, he tells me facts about you know grasshoppers and you know like i'm like yeah you're still learning it's it's all right and the five-year-old just do some he's doing some workbooks he's like learning to read like he's he can do that without a teacher <laughs> yeah. yeah it's weird but it's, it's like largely the social stuff don't you think yeah like yeah I, my, and, my, my kid can do you know he can do kindergarten math he could yeah before kindergarten it's right. the like sit still be quiet that's the mm. i already see stuff going like the the, the kind of listening skills and that sort of stuff. And, and I, I, I try to go up there. I, I do homeroom. I do homeroom. Uh, I'm lunch and PE. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, lunch lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I try to do this thing in the morning where I'm like, okay, we're reading now. And the six year old who's had a little bit of focus issues, or he's eight now, sorry, the eight year old, I'm like, he just had his birthday. I'm not that bad of a dad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you did too, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, uh, I told him, um, uh, 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 you know, stay in one spot. 
Like stop doing the thing where you're like climbing around the couch and sitting upside down and petting the cat and like just sit and let me read to you. I mean, this is last kids on earth. Like we're not, we're not, we're not like reading something really boring. This is like something you like to read. Just <laughs> sit. Yeah, I think fifty one percent of the United States population right now is having the exact same thought running through their heads. Fucking sit still mm. for thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just give me a second. Don needs to write one email. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad though. Like I guess I guess I'm realizing how 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 condensed the learning is like in a regular day. Like Brian and I were talking about this. Like my kid's done with the lessons in like an hour and a half, <laughs> just done. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's all socialization. So then what you just give them a screen. I don't know. My wife's doing all the work. I'm not doing a hell of a lot of it. I feel terrible, but, uh, screen time. Don't screen time is through the roof, man. <laughs> I know It's pretty bad know. because oh, even, uh, even their learning is on screen. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, turn off the TV, come get on the laptop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it. All right, we just kick them outside. Uh, we're we're going to get this up and running. We've got a lot of people that are watching, so I, I'm hoping, assuming that a lot of questions are going to come in. Uh, we are welcoming welcoming the great Eno Saris uh, to the podcast today. Eno is the baseball writer for The Athletic. Uh, he's one of the smartest people that Jay and I have ever talked to, one of the smartest people that, that Brian has ever read. Brian has never had the opportunity to talk to Eno, but uh, when we asked him to be on the show, he, he said, absolutely. He also happens to be a massive craft beer drinker. Cheers. We wanted to we wanted to bring him on to talk craft beer, but also baseball because uh, a lot of our friends and a lot of our listeners on both podcasts, Sports Nerds and Unfiltered, want to know what's going on. So, cheers to Eno Saris. Thank you, uh, good sir. Cheers, you guys. Nice and safe. I've got a lead off. I've got a lead off question, Sam. Go mustache. Yeah, this is COVID. Yeah, COVID quarantine question for real. Like. There are three pretty healthy looking sets of facial hair here, and Eno is not taking quarantine very seriously. Clearly got a new razor. Clearly got a new razor. What I, the hell? No, I, I do it really badly. I mean, like, I, I would give your mustache like a, a 45 grade. You know, that means about league average. Uh, okay. They seem to be ragging on it. I, I can't even ma manage like a 20, dude. I Like, I, it's a, you know what? I've, the best look I can manage? Is a sixteen-year-old trying to buy beer? <laughs> Just like patchy, wispy. wispy, nothing here, nothing here. You know, it's, that's an as interesting as side project. Is uh, rating average Joe uh, on the streets <laughs> facial hair? But like, you have to find you have to find the the analog in baseball, right? Like, oh, it's a Charlie Blackman, or oh, no, oh it's a, you know, Bryce Harper, or whatever, and hopefully insult everybody in the process. I think that would be fun. You well, guys are. Way, I was, I was compared to a Super Troopers character recently by a coworker. So <laughs> nice. that actually, I think that's like an eighty-five. You look like you're <laughs> on your third warning and about to get fired from scheme school in the eighties or something. Like well, so what's you Charlie need some Bla zinc oxide on your nose? <laughs> what's Charlie Blackman? I mean, I feel like you guys see that in Denver. Like, or uh, you guys are in Denver. Yeah, we're. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, in yeah, I'm, I'm in Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> oh, okay. For, formerly you, from Denver. That's Back like for a, a while. I don't know if he still has it. Had like a real big, long. Yeah, and like un, unkempt yeah. and wild, like like mountain yeah. man. Like he got, but he, he sort of had like. I think he had like a mullet too at the same time. Yeah. I think it was sort of, you know, a, a, a real mixed bag. I kind of <laughs> dug it. I thought I thought he wore it well. 
<laughs> it really is. And I, from, no, remember, do you guys remember, like, uh, it was the Kyle Orton neck beard when he was the starting quarterback yeah. for the Broncos? Like, I think I got that. Started. Yeah. Like, this massive, like, he couldn't throw a football, but, you know, he had a really good beard. He was, <laughs> he was better than Tebow, but uh, I was at the game where they started ch- chanting for Tebow. It was the weirdest thing ever. And they brought Tebow in. and Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, Sarah, how, how do we know so much about a man who's not very good at pro sports? <laughs> because we have friends like you who, who you know, shit. Light on that. I've never written about Tim Tebow. Did, did, <laughs> never did, once. Did he get? You never really. Did you he, never not once. Okay. Well, it's not worth it. Didn't he get cut from the? He he was playing for some. Yeah, he's playing for the Mets. Affiliate. It was like, but, it was... but during spring training this year, like there was some noise about him early on. Oh yeah, but I don't. I it don't wasn't know. going well. I don't know. Is I I like I deal in numbers, and like his translated numbers were like the worst in the minor leagues. It was like that close. It was like the very bottom. You know, I I, I did a piece. But he hit one. a home run, and people lost their minds. I know, but like, sounds like quarantine was the best thing to happen. It was minor league season then. Uh, yeah. Like, get out and start over again next year. I wasn't fired. Yeah. The world collapsed. I, See, that's what I think he might have been fired before the, the <laughs> yeah, coronavirus, but we all forgot. I did this piece. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. Chris Hayes is this guy. He's a, a news guy. And yeah. he wondered out loud if he would get a hit if he was if he played uh, 600 plate appearances. Like if they just if we gave Chris Hayes 600 plate appearances, would he get a hit? And in order to answer that, I had to go and find the worst minor leaguers of all time. Because <laughs> you have to find the worst players that could play in baseball before you could talk about the worst player who would never play baseball. And so what I found was uh, there are these players in the minor leagues that were drafted as a lark. There are people that were drafted like Tim Tebow who are just like, you know, like Russell Wilson was drafted. It's not because they thought he would be a good baseball player. It's because they thought, Hey, Russell Wilson, come to camp and, Hang out with our players, and we'll take pictures. He's an and, yeah. Yeah. Drafted by the Rockies. Yeah, yeah, and we'll just we'll have fun with it, and like maybe you can play a little bit, and maybe you'll be good, but probably not. But whatever. And this so, is, this is putting you on the spot. Like, do you know where where M, just because the that documentary came out on Sunday about mm-hmm. Jordan? Do you know where his numbers were? Better Tebow, than Tebow. Te- te- okay. I was wondering, Better Michael Tebow. Jordan, because Jordan did that. it. Jordan did it at higher levels too. So what I'm saying is, Tebow's numbers would have fit in that group of the worst minor leaguers of all time that I found. He would have fit in the group of players. We were like, why are these even? Why are they even playing baseball? Like, what? Who told them they could do this? So, so wait. Okay, so I'm trying to think when Tebow got drafted. He this was not did, was he drafted out of college and then didn't decide to play until I think he just signed. I don't think he was drafted. I think he just signed with the Mets. Okay, that's what it was. So what are the, what are the other names? What are the other names like that were that were signed in a lark? I thought Russell uh, was okay. I thought he was he was was he not okay? Oh, I don't actually. I don't know if Russell Wilson was in that group. I, Russell Wilson is just an example of like uh, someone who might be drafted for reasons other than his baseball playing ability. But let me see here. Chris Hayes. I like Chris for Hayes. some reason, and maybe it was just being in Colorado when it happened. I I first I never looked at the numbers, but I assumed Russell Wilson was like a legit invitee. Like he showed up to camp a few times. I could be misremembering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. 
I'm trying to think of other ones too. Uh, Garth Brooks. Didn't Garth Brooks go to spring training one time? Really? I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, it was like a mass. It was like a Padres, I think. Mm. I don't think I actually got the names. Yeah, but you know, one was like a uh, one was like a famous um, like a linebacker in in like college football uh, that they was like just like totally yoked up. So they thought, hey, like this okay. guy's a complete athlete. He's never really played baseball, but let, let's give him a shot. Uh, and he was terrible. So, you know, I think baseball is like a specific set of skills. I think that Tebow could like destroy me in most sports, you know? Yeah, for sure. But like, but like in terms of a professional athlete to be a professional baseball player, there's a sort of hand-eye skill. There's uh there's, you know, it's almost like something, the video game players of, professional sports players you know it's like the 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 fine twitch you know this is antithetical to and to an uh, analytic numbers based approach but when i heard tebow was was trying to play ball it was all eye test for me i was like i don't know where he fits right unless he could just absolutely rake you're not putting him at first base yeah how, how competent of an outfielder is he going to be and, and he, like, he even, didn't even, even look like an outfielder be, yeah yeah, to be even to be like a defensive liability, to be like a bad right fielder at you know, I don't or bad left fielder at Fenway. I don't know what it takes. Yeah. Um, you just have to hit pretty darn well. Yeah. Like uh, 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 the other version of an outfielder is you know hits competently but can really track down fly balls and flash the leather and that sort of stuff. And I just I just in, mentally I was like I don't see this dude. Maybe if he could catch or something. I don't know. I wonder about the uh, the 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 inverse though. Like how good would Mike Trout be at football? He'd be he looks like he'd be pretty good. At he looks like a football player. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a linebacker, right? Yeah, yeah, or a strong safety, like a, yeah, yeah. Who's the guy that played Oklahoma? That he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I can't think of the hell his name was. He was a cowboy for a long time. He was fucking great. This uh, is one of those weird things, though. You see these like highly paid, highly decorated athletes touch a ball that's not theirs, right? Like you know, images of basketball players kicking around a soccer ball in the locker room or, you know, NFL oh, players trying to pitch. Out a pitch and they can't even throw a ball. It's bizarre, right? Like, I think a lot of these dudes are, have been one sport guys for so long. Forever, you, forever. You want to do the sort of mental switch. Yeah. Something's ringing. It's my wife. Sorry. But so, for some reason, I think that football is like the thing that like could translate the easiest. Other than like, other than maybe like wide receiver and quarterback, like I think LeBron James could probably find a role on a football team. Yeah, but how much of that is just size? Yeah, right. Like I mean, the, the dude, the dude's Steph really athletic. Curry, like, what would Steph Curry play on a football team? <laughs> a kicker. Okay. Yeah, kicker. Yeah, we all saw a kicker. Yeah. But so I don't. I have no idea why this has been happening since COVID nineteen. Like these intense Twitter debates. Maybe it's just my Twitter feed. Oh, we got nothing else to do. There's no right, live. But, 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 but but they're specifically about whether or not Steph Curry's a good player slash whether or not he's good at defense. Mm. And all these people that are like, oh, he's really trash. I don't understand. Like obviously LeBron is great. There's no doubt about that. Um, but like pound for pound, like it's if I was six eight six nine. 230 pounds. I got that part going on. I don't have the 6869 going on. Like, I should be pretty good at basketball, or at least I, I have the the physical stature to be good. Like a Steph Curry, who's, what is he really, 6'2", 6'3"? Maybe yeah. Not, I don't know. Like, he's good in spite of his size. I, that's why I can, the, the, the LeBron, could he play football? The Mike Trout, he's a big dude. Could he play football sort of stuff? 
is is I mean it's it's interesting, but I think it's these other dudes that are insanely dynamic athletes in spite of their size that that really kind of and and by the way, right? Like this is I don't know how big Barry Sanders, not Barry Sanders. Who am I trying to say? Deion Sanders, prime time. I'm thinking of other crossover athletes. They weren't monstrous, were they? I guess both. That's right. Uh, Brian Jordan was a little bit bigger, uh, but he was like he was kind of like the Mike Trout, where he was a kind of a strong safety and like a, a big outfielder. Uh, Dion was like center fielder slash cornerback. That you know you you're looking for body types in a way. You're right. It's good. It's interesting to think about body types because uh, you don't see. Uh, a lineman playing baseball. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. What was for, Frank Thomas played football for a little bit at Auburn, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, like and he might have been like a college or high school lineman, but he didn't look like a lineman while he played baseball, did he? Maybe. He was, I mean, he was really big. Linemen are like three hundred plus, right? Going, you know, but like that's the whole point. Like they they get told to put it on, right? Yeah, right. Their right, weight, right. Kind of yeah, like just like, depending like on their Michael position and their contract too. Like you have to add sixty pounds, and they can yeah. drop it really fast. Yeah, yeah. Was, was Dion like uh, again? I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm not well prepared for this. His baseball, <laughs> his baseball numbers weren't great, right? Uh, he was kind of like a defense first guy. Uh, he was. He's almost like the the next level of the the star athlete who shows up to training camp for no reason, right? Maybe he was a little bit better than that. He played oh, for. Oh, you're played right. For, he played for you a know ton what? of teams. He only had one season where he was above average uh, by wins above replacement. No and season. he was, and that was the only season he was above average with a stick. So one season he hit 300 with 26 deals uh, in 300, and it was only 300 plate appearances. And he only had one season where he played a full season, 500 plate appearances, uh, and he was like basically a defensive replacement. So he was See, kind of like a, a, he was kind of like a fourth outfielder. Yeah, it's kind of what I thought. I'm I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm biased here. But Bo Jackson, if his career's not cut short. Could have oh, been yeah. a conversation for Hall of Fame of baseball or Mount Rushmore baseball, rather. Ryan, I mean, Ryan Jordan, I think, was a better baseball player. I think he just wasn't as flashy. Yeah, Brian Jordan. Oh, yeah, Brian Jordan had all-star seasons. Brian Jordan uh, had 2020 seasons. Uh, he had a – yeah, he had seasons. He had seasons where he was top 30 in the game in baseball. So, Brian Jordan was a better baseball player, but I don't know football as much, so I don't know yeah. how good a football player he was. Like, I think he was kind of just like an eh – like safety guy, right? I don't There's think another he another Denver one. Elway was a what? Oh, yeah, he was a good good baseball player as well. Drafted oh. to be a baseball player, yeah. Baltimore oh, I got Royals. one that you, oh, I shut up. I'm just like names know. are running through my head now. I know. I know. I want you guys don't know. Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil. You know who that is? He's a second baseman for the Mets, and he was uh, he was trying to be a pro golfer for a long time. Are you serious? Yeah. So apparently him and Aaron Hicks uh, could be like our Aaron Hicks is a center fielder for the Yankees. They could be uh, good enough to maybe play in the PGA. Aaron Hicks is a golfer too. That, that actually, yeah, that actually seems to me as like a plausible crossover. I feel like most baseball players, like look at John Smoltz. He's like in the senior PGA. I can't, I got, I, I got it though. Insane. Mookie Betts has multiple 300 games of bowling. That's right. It's the right. ultimate crossover. That's Brian's favorite <laughs> statistic. He was, my, he was my kid's favorite baseball oh. player until until he went to the, the Dodgers, obviously. Um, but but my kid who's, who's – uh. uh, there's, there's, hey, there's people out there who think that the, the Red Sox pulled some sort of magic trick where they essentially loan him to L.A. for $30 million for one year and then get him back. I don't know if 
coronavirus changes those calculations or not. But I used to show my kid who's now six. <laughs> this was a year or two ago, this video that was just like Mookie dunking, Mookie bowling, Mookie hitting a golf ball. Uh, and my kid was just like, I love And then he, he, he left. And a similar version of the story for my daughter who would fall in love with Red Sox players and then they would leave. And after like six of them, she was like done. It was Handy Ramirez, then it was Panda, then it was just these long lines. And then and then they were finally gone. She's like, uh, fuck baseball. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you know, uh, let's talk, talk crap beer for a sec. I want to get back to the baseball conversation. What's going on out there in terms of uh, what are breweries doing to try to be creative? Because I assume what you're seeing in your neck of the woods is the same thing we're seeing in, in Denver, uh, what Brian's seeing in, in kind of Detroit proper and just across Michigan. So what, what have you seen in terms of creativity and, and law changes? Yeah, you know, um, I think that the uh, three-tier system uh, is kind of BS. Um, and and uh, so just a quick recap. I mean, I think you guys know about it, but like the three-tier system is like you you can't be a beer uh, producer or and distributor and say you can't be in all three in sales, distribution, and production at the same time. Um, and in some ways it's okay because it keeps, uh, Budweiser from really clamping down, but they've found a way to do it anyway, uh, where they have distributors that only work with Budweiser and so on. Um, and, um, uh, I know what it came out of. It came out of prohibition where they were like, you know, antitrust and trying to break it all up. But what we're seeing in California is, uh, they didn't want all these breweries to die because California it's, it's like, uh, it's huge out here. You know, it's a, it's a huge industry out here. And um, so they, they basically said breweries can, can deliver within state. Um, and I've taken full advantage of that. <laughs> so any, any state that's doing it, people are taking full advantage of it. Right yeah. Now. And it's fun, too, because like, um, you know, like, you know, Michigan, like you might be near some really good stuff in Michigan, but there might also be stuff that's like four hours away that you like never get to. That's sort of like with me, it's like monkish. It's like, you know, I've had some monkish beers, but like, I'm not standing, I'm not going down to LA and standing in line. I got kids, you know? Um, and uh, I've got some beers from San Diego that like, yes, I have when I'm in San Diego, but I don't get them up here. So, and even some stuff from Santa Cruz. So Humble Sea out of Santa Cruz, Pure Project out of, uh, out of, uh, out of San Diego, uh, Highland Park out of LA, monkish, um, and, uh, you know, I, I hit those first because I was like, wow, these are breweries that are like Santa Darius, who I get to, I see some of, but like, you know, just to get it in cans to my house was amazing. Um, so I've taken advantage of it and, and really enjoyed it. Um, uh, and so that's why I created supportbeer.com, which, um, you can go on support beer and you can just put in your state, uh, and you can click delivery. Uh, and it'll show you places in your state that ship, uh, and in, and it'll show you, uh, it'll give you the link that you can go to directly and find. And if it doesn't have that, it also has like support your local bartenders and stuff because there's Patreons being set up, uh, to keep bars afloat and stuff like that. But, um, just basically anytime if you, if, and if you don't find a brewery that you love in there, you, there's a place to input it. Uh, so people can input their, their own information and, and, and because like, like uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be tough on breweries. So first of all, we were going to like a tap room first model, I think where uh, yeah. everybody was like making money off of the tap rooms. And I, like, no matter how we open up the economy again, we're not going to 
do it necessarily with like mass gatherings first. So like tap rooms are not going to be first on the list. Um, the other thing that was uh, difficult was we were getting to like the 16, 18, $19 four packs. Um, and I just feel like we're all going to have less money to spend in the $19 four pack is going to be a little bit too much for us pretty soon. Um, and so there's going to be a downward pressure on, you know, the hazy four packs and all that. Um, so there's going to be a, a lot of things that make it really tough on breweries. And I really kind of, I, I, and I, and I know that some people make, I don't want to take jobs away from people who work just dis, dis, distributors or work in, like, I love my local beer man at, you know, Palo Alto wine and liquors. I love him. He, he holds stuff for me. He, he like, you know, tells me all oh, this stuff is new and he tells me when shipments are coming in and like, I love him. Uh, but I also would love if maybe the three tier goes away and I can, and maybe it goes away nationally and I can be like, you know, Trillium and Treehouse and, you know, give me some Casey's blendery, dude, <laughs> like, you know, uh, have it sent directly to my house. It, do, it, it doesn't seem like a crazy idea. And I think that would help a lot of uh, uh, independent breweries uh, stay afloat after, after yeah. even when we open up. You know, Sam and I had this conversation um, on the the one episode of our sports podcast we've done since this thing has started because there's not much sports going on um, about uh, – and Sam, do you remember – I don't remember the article that I read where it was from. Um, in any case, this article was like, what are the things that people are going to like not put up with once this is over that the coronavirus sort of proves were bullshit, right? So it's like uh, you know, all these rules that suddenly we're willing to set aside – because yeah. of the that sort of prove that they really weren't that important in the first place. And I yeah. wonder if pretty high on that list would be the 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 weird kind of um, antiquated regulations about about you know three tier systems and uh, you know I, I know I know Denver is uh, brew, beer brew, beer scene at least at least when it started uh, you know a decade ago not started but at least when it was really blossoming a decade ago was largely born out of a loophole that allowed for on site tasting rooms uh, as a way to skirt. Um, uh, having a liquor license for for onsite. These these were people that weren't distributing. They weren't. Right. Um, they were just like we brew here and we can sell you beer direct direct to consumer. But it's it's one of these examples of we have these old rules that kind of limit uh, beer, but also a bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, they're sort of being exposed for what they are. Yeah, they had some weird uh, cap on on data streaming. Uh, that like at some point one of the companies was like, "Hey, we're gonna release the cap on, on data streaming." You're like, "Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was artificial." Thanks. <laughs> the thing is, no, I mean, I, okay, I agree with what both of you two are saying, but it's gonna take a really strong Brewers Guild or Brewers Association to be able to make sure that those law changes stay in place. And the reason why I say that is because in talking to Shani Adelson, who's the president of the Colorado Brewers Guild. She's not. I mean, they're running on a skeleton crew. It's her and Tristan Schmidt. Their their marketing person right now is two people, literally. They don't have any money either. Yeah. Well, and also because New Belgium is gone and Avery is gone, they're no longer craft breweries. So all of them is gone, and um, they don't know. I mean, that's that's a lot of lobbying power that goes away, and so. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I mean, we were talking to people out in New York City. The same thing. Uh, Josh Bernstein, the beer writer, was you know a lot of shits happening in New York. And and people love it. Like you can you can have beer delivered to your door. Uh, you can have beer FedEx. Yeah, exactly. But 
you know, he didn't think that this is going to stick. I, I don't know what it's going to take. It would be nice to make sure that it does stick. I, I do agree. You know, it's a bunch of bullshit, uh, three tiered system, but I, I, I don't know what uh, kind of uh, power these folks are going to have, at, you know, once we come out of this in 12 or 18 months. It might just be a conversation of when they try and turn it off. Like when they come back and say, oh, we're done with delivery now, you might get a lot of pushback. I don't know. Or, or maybe hopefully, I, I don't know. Smartly, we should push back, but but Sam's right. Shawnee at, at the Brewers Guild flat out was like, we're not prioritizing any kind of new legislation or lobbying to to solidify or make new laws permanent you know, because they, they don't think it's a priority for their for their members right now. Yeah. But think about think about this. I th- I I you know I, I agree that the lobbying is 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 powerful. But I almost think of that like if there is hope, it might come from the legislative bodies, like the, the governors, the people who relax these rules in the first place. And the reason is that they, the reason they relaxed it is because these are a bunch of small businesses, yeah. you know. And what we keep hearing from national leadership and all over is how much small business is at peril, you know, and. Even coming out of this, you're still going to be like, oh, my God, when we look around, like, what does the economy look like? How many small businesses just don't exist anymore? And that pressure can be added and be like, listen, these many already are gone and this many are on the brink. Like, this is something that you can easily do that would keep these small businesses alive. And like, so maybe there's not a lot of lobbying in terms of money and like up, like down up pressure but maybe like somebody like gavin newsom would be like shit like i don't want to lose like like right now i don't want to lose like 50 to 100 breweries like i don't want like those are 50 to 100 small uh, businesses that i could serve i could i could save by just changing one little law or 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 telling abc like to change one regulation it's not even like does it have to be a full law like it's abc you know here it's 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 a local commission you can just lean on the commission so uh, I, I, I kind of hope that some of this stuff will change. And, and, and also, like, we're not going to come out of this. And like, like I said, we're all not going to come out of this and all go to the local tap room. Yeah. So uh, there's still going to be a lot of pressure on us to change our, our behaviors. And if that's the case, then like, I still think beer delivery makes sense. Okay. Real quick. I want to ask while we're on this, because I was thinking about this today, they I don't know, Jay. You didn't shine, you didn't watch, but um, there were there was kind of a roundtable of, of of the kind of relatively large Denver breweries today. Uh, Charlie Berger from uh, Denver Beer Co. and uh, a couple of folks from from Dry Dry Dock, and they were talking about you know how they're weathering the storm. And I got a little pissed off watching this roundtable because they're not there's. They don't have to weather anything. They're going to be okay. Like they're, they're not like, small craft. They're not small craft. So I'm wondering, you know, what you're seeing out there and just your experience across the country. Does this separate the breweries who make their money more of a if they like who die if they can't sell their beer over the bar from those who distribute? Because I to me that's what happens. Like craft beer, unless you're distributing, unless you're canning, unless you're putting stuff out there that's that's in a, you know four or five state you know, uh, circle, I don't know that you're going to be able to survive this. I really don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of, uh, like field work, uh, oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's difficult. Um, field work made a big tap room play. They have six tap rooms 
you know, and you can't, you couldn't buy uh, field work in cans anywhere. But they were so big as a local group that, ah, uh, that's sad. Yeah, and I thank you, Anya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were big enough that they've rededicated a lot of their space and their energy and their money into canning. And now they, they're delivering and um, they changed, they changed a lot of their tap rooms into sort of crowler, uh, crowler fill stations. So you could drive by a field work spot and pick up crowlers. It might take some ingenuity like that, where you turn bars into crowler fill stations. Again, that's going to take ABC's help um, that they've done that so far to some extent. Um, but if you're small and you were mostly tap and you can one beer, it's going to be tough. Um, well, one thing I would say is that like craft beer was to some extent headed towards some consolidation. I mean, we're, we're, it's been happening. The last few years have been the story of acquisitions and, uh, been way more folding of breweries than we had, uh, you know, the first four or five years before that, uh, it was going to be, I was, see, the thing is it was going to be probably an interesting, tough time in beer anyway, and this is going to make it worse, 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 worse. So, um, I don't. I don't have a good answer. I just think that uh, I guess we're gonna like we're gonna get more of our beers and cans. I I love the bar, dude. Um, and I love hanging out. And even this kind of experience is fun. But like, you know, if we were doing this, the people that are in the room with us would be in the room with us. And you, we could be having conversations with them. And we could have conversations with them. You know, you, the thing about the bar is like you have a conversation with four or five people and then you have a side conversation with someone and then this thing happens and then I, Oh, you idiot. That's, that's not true. And you yell over to another thing, you know, like it's like uh, chaotic, but it's beautiful. Um, and I don't think we're going to replace that with zoom chats and, and can, I mean, as much as I love, like, you know, getting my sainted Darius cans sent to my house, like I'm still going to want to go to the bar. Like my friends asked me yeah. in a Zoom the other day, what's the first thing you do? Uh, when you and I was like, well, I want to see you guys, but can we meet at, at Tornados? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the I, 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 think, I think it's artificial to think that delivery or allowing breweries to to ship across state lines or um, uh, God forbid, nationalizing distribution in more sort of uh, broad ways is a is a threat to the bar because it's not. And and, and in fact, I think if you went and talked to individual. Um, bar owners, brewery owners, they would say, yeah, we don't think that's a threat. I think that like the thing that is, is happening that doesn't get talked about maybe enough is the, we said lobbying before, and I'm not sure if there's a huge lobbying effort, but there's definitely an incentive for beer distributors and, and their bottom line to prioritize uh, bigger craft brewers or non-craft brewers because they can get big enough volume to sell to grocery stores or whomever at lower prices, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, but it, like there's speaking about Michigan only for a second, there's a really weird thing here where the, the state of Michigan buys all the liquor that gets sold in the state of Michigan and they set minimum state prices in, and they essentially are the distributor. Right. Uh, so yeah, but that doesn't count. You guys are almost Canada from that perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's a Canadian. That's that's almost a Canadian it's, rule. It's all in it's all in grocery stores. And when you go to the grocery store, go anywhere, there's a sign that says, This is the state minimum price. You can't sell it for lower than this because this is the price we sell it to um grocery stores and liquor stores and party stores for. Wow. Right. Which it's not the same for beer. Beer is a little bit different out here, but it means that you can't you you sort of 
you get rid of the 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 economics of it. A different thing that's happening in Colorado. I'm jumping around. Is they just switched to a grocery store sells beer model, right? Which I think works in California, but I'm opposed to personally because in Michigan, what that means is selection is really really flat. Like there's not a lot of selection because there's no incentive for distributors to push beers that aren't widely popular uh, to grocery stores who can't sell them, right? So there's there's an underlying economics to all of these, again, kind of antiquated uh, regulation regulations and rules that I think get talked about in in the not not here but in other places in in terms of like, well, is it a threat to the bar and that sort of stuff? When it's really not, I don't know if that made sense. Probably didn't. The, the underlying theme that Sam and I have identified over 75 episodes of Unfiltered is that most craft breweries brag want to be they want to be neighborhood pubs. They, they want to be a local watering hole where people come with their wives, their friends, their coworkers, their kids. All right. I have and, to say, man, that, it's not going away. No, that's not going to change. 100%. It can't go away. Ten people, and and usually the last thing we say, and for me socially, the brewery is is an extension of my job. Frankly, an extension of my office. The mm. last comment, closing nearly every conversation I've had in a month is, when this is all over, let's catch up and get a beer. I talked yeah. to a guy yesterday, and he said, "Dude, that new Denver Beer Co. spot is supposed to open down the street from my house. So as soon as that shit goes live and we're allowed out of the house, I'm buying you a beer there." Like. That is what's going to be the solution. And that's and what I think is that is that delivery and, and shipping is not a threat to those things. It means well, it's, in Michigan, it's I can get these Denver beer open. That I want and San Diego beer that I want and Portland beer that I want. Whereas now I'm stuck going to Kroger and there's, you know, the craft beer section is this big. Yeah. And I, I mean, I did, the reason I think that that's not going away is because that's history of man. I mean, not man, like men. I mean, like that's the history of mankind. Like, the, like we we we've had pubs for so long. Like that that's a that's a natural inclination for us. That's a, we're gonna go gather at these places. Um, and I and even from what like the data right now when it comes to what's going on in our country, what's going on with this crisis. Um, I'm I'm like really I'm a data guy and I'm really upset by how dirty the data is, how inconsistent it is, how hard it is to read. Um, but from what I understand, the way out of this is, yeah, testing is a part of it. But the real thing for me is protecting the at-risk population because there's a there's a there there there's a huge difference between being 50 years old and being 80 years old for this. And uh, if we can protect the at-risk population then some of the rest of the population can get to work on something that feels a little bit more like normal. So um, I, I do think that bars will open in this calendar year. Um, and so like, uh, and I think they'll probably be well stocked because we're all dreaming about going. So <laughs> if you think about it, like the way there be some old ass beer in there though. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But we're not going to care either. Yeah, right. <laughs> bubbly. Nobody's gonna give a We've shit. Been practicing so much of this Mystery, stuff, so long yeah. before. like we should have been doing this for so long before. Um, not to point out Asian countries in any other way than than you know places like China that are crazy populated have had to deal with these kinds of things for so so long. Or if you look at Hong Kong or Singapore, uh, those kinds of 
uh, strategies for for managing illness, uh, disease have been deployed there for for a decade at least, and we're just so stupid about it. And it's that's what's frustrating. Like is is I go out now, and I know what you're saying, you know, and I know what you're saying, Brian and Jay, but like I went to the grocery store the other day, and there's still these there's still people who are not you know they're not they're not respecting boundaries they're not wearing masks any of this and i guess that's what i worry about people are going to fuck it up and we're going to end up you know having this massive kind of balloon again in terms of numbers at the end of a summer early fall and we're back and and you know all of the progress that we've made will just you know recede i mean i'd, I'd hope yeah, I that one of the things we learn is that we need a better social uh, safety network uh yeah. so that you know, one of the things that's so difficult about shutting everything down is like, for example, in America, one uh, percent unemployment rise leads to one percent in suicide rate uh, rise um, and domestic violence and uh, ch- uh, 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 sort of kid violence, uh, kid child abuse is, is through the roof. And uh, one of the reasons is we don't have like something like and I. We're going to get political a little bit, but like universal basic income, but like, you know, just like just good welfare, just like good welfare, good unemployment so that like we could all say, okay, all right, we're, hey, another bug, another bug. We're shutting it down. We did this once. And you know what? It could be way worse than this. What if we had Ebola, but it was transmitted like Corona? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, or another way to put it is, the reaction that we're having to Corona, why didn't we have in 2008? Yeah. When, when unemployment also dramatically skyrocketed, there was a, there was a weird sort of like, well, this is nobody's fault. So it's okay. Right. Uh, it's yeah. Weird. The boogeyman, the boogeyman matters, dude. Who, yeah. who you blame for it matters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> fuck. I hope that we're having this conversation in six months and things are a lot better. Uh, I, we- just, I think there's a good argument for, for, for bars reopening at least earlier than other things. Sam, you and I were texting about this before. Like, you teach at a campus that has 30,000 students or something like that. Yeah. Probably 50,000 people go across your campus every single day. You know, my campus, much, much smaller, but I teach at a place that has 5,000 students, 2,500 faculty and staff. Like, I can't imagine those places open, but you, I can imagine a, a bar if they said, "Hey, look, we can only have twenty five people,", people. In there. yeah, and, and if but, you're going to come in, you're, you're going to have saying to. That's not. You're just going to you're going to get kicked out of the bar, not for for you know pissing in the corner or for puking, <laughs> but for touching somebody or like putting your arm around somebody and laughing. What's the headline? You can do some of those things where you can. I. I'm beginning to think physically distance is a better word than socially distance, but where you can socially distance from other people. Like bars are a good place where you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a stat that I read earlier yesterday or today that said 50% open or 50% occupancy is the same as being a hundred percent closed. Yeah. That's, that's fair because it doesn't provide the revenue. It doesn't bring in the foot traffic. It doesn't have the tips. It, it still costs the then same amount of money to keep overhead. a restaurant open. Then rethink huh? the overhead. Rethink, like, well, get more efficient. I don't know. I know what you're saying, like, but fuck. That's one, it's one thing for a manufacturing company or for, I don't, you know, but at food and beverage, man, it's some of the highest risk industries, yeah. some of the lowest margins. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're losing money day one. Yeah. Right. So to, to force a restaurant to say either open, at 50% or stay closed, 
it makes more sense for some of these guys to stay on, stay closed, stay on unemployment, keep their employees on unemployment, and and well, just cover their nut. So push back a little bit. What if you're delivering and shipping and doing takeout and that sort of stuff? Like this I still is. Don't think it's, like, I still don't think it's, it's this is the point about like it's possible that the 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 framework, the model needs to be, the paradigm needs to be rethought pretty dramatically. Rent. Um, and, yeah, rent, yeah. Rent but, is rent is huge. But, but, go down. No judgment to any business owners because I'm not one. But right. if you're waiting until this is over, as opposed to being proactive about how you can uh, re re rethink your paradigm, mm-hmm. it's not your fault. But you should. Nah, that sounds bad. I feel like I'm gonna get hot no, taken. But I don't know if that makes Ryan, sense. like you. <laughs> yeah, if you, I, I saw, I saw a tweet that was like, if you don't come out of this with a side hustle, you've wasted your time. Well, that's, that's, that's not what I meant. I just yeah, meant like, yeah, yeah. I just meant like you, you, you should be thinking, what if I own a restaurant? What if they're? What if we never get back to, yeah, November two thousand nineteen? Right? If I'm a business owner, owner, that's what I'm thinking. Right? Is there a way that I can, a, keep my business afloat and b, make it you know, uh, thrive at the same level that it was thriving beforehand. Maybe the answer is no, right? Maybe you can't do that. I'm just saying like, you're correct. If, if your business only has half the people inside because of physical distancing, you're losing money, but what other things can you do to sort of, to, to couple that with other revenue streams? And maybe that involves brewers guilds and, and, uh, ABC commissions and, legislative reform that again allows you to i mean come on man I, there's a lot of beer that i like in michigan but i really wish i could order beer from a million other places you know well and i think that people don't realize that there are ways you can still get that shit done too prior to this i was in uh, home for a long time and they said if you ship at ups just say it's barbecue sauce is that the way <laughs> no there was a there was a i i do trades i just lie yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is uh, is now now we gotta we gotta we can all talk about craft beer. But I gotta ask you, is baseball coming back? What are you hearing? I uh, I picked July fourth. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. In what form? Uh, Arizona. Uh, I think it'll be only Arizona because I think it's actually harder. Uh, if you bring two states in, you're dealing with two a hot spot. You know, two. You're worried about what's going on in two states. If it's three states, you're worried about what's going on in Texas. I think Florida is going a little bit in the wrong direction with some of the numbers. Uh, Arizona has been the 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 most uh, like has been the the slowest sort of. I think it's been the best place that they've identified. There's 14 parks there. Um, Korea gives us the the uh, roadmap, so. Basically, you test every player uh, to begin. Everybody, uh, hopefully, everybody's clean. If they're not, you wait 14 days. Test all the players. Everybody's clean, so you got all the players. Then you temperature test every day when you get to the park. Uh, you tell them they can live with their families. We're not going to tell Mike Trout he can't have his baby. You know, he can't have his wife with his. You know, can't have his baby with them. So, um, in Arizona, yeah. So I think you basically have everybody move to Arizona. Uh, they live in all the Airbnbs and there's a lot of real estate there because I move to Arizona every spring, like every, like all the baseball moves to Arizona every spring. So basically all the hotels that have no, have no, no occupancy, all the Airbnb, all the residents, you put them, move them in. You don't watch them. It's not quarantine. 
because we're in self we're in shelter in place right now it's going to be less than shelter in place it's going to be like please don't go to gatherings of more than 50 but you can go to the grocery store you can go you can go get food whatever but like please and we're not going to send people to watch you at your house but like you know we're all living in arizona you get your temperature tested every day when you get to the park if you have a high temperature you get taken away you know you take your corona test if you if you're positive then they figure out everybody else and maybe they have to pause baseball for a couple of weeks until everyone's clean again they start over um i don't know what happens when someone tests positive in in, yeah. in japan they had to they had to wait a couple of weeks someone tested like a couple of their guys tested positive so they just stopped and like we'll start again in two weeks uh, but i do think that like july December. no 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 not a full season uh i would say like uh 81 to 100 games uh starting july 4th uh i don't know if there's a all-star game um i would say that uh i don't want to do the double headers i think that's injuries i think you know i don't and, and also arizona's hot as balls so like you know you can only play it uh i think you can only play at games at 9 a.m 9 a.m and 8 p.m they're gonna have yeah. they can't do 10 because that's bad tv Where so you they'll do play? nine They'll do 9 a.m. And, and 8 p.m. and it'll be hot. Uh, and they'll the, if they want to do doubleheaders at 9 a.m. and 8 p.m., maybe that's possible. But um, what about shorter games in terms of innings or like taking them down to seven inning game or five inning game? There's an okay chance that it's not unlimited extras, just because. Yeah, I th- I would I would stop the unlimited extras because you you can't afford the risk of just running out a whole uh, pitching staff. Seven innings, I I don't know. I guess I I personally like trying to keep it as close as possible to regular i'm not as i don't need 162 games because that just seems impossible but i'd rather is 81 to 90 to 100 games that are regular that seem like regular baseball is that that divisions or no i think you might have to do everybody has a dh um uh, totally am I'm okay. The pitchers uh, pitchers suck at hitting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, they, there was a pitcher for the Giants, Andrew Suarez. He came up, right? And he had an at-bat uh, in his first game. And they said, this is his first at-bat since high school. <laughs> and then every once in a while, you get pitchers who can hit. Yeah, but if they can hit, they can hit poorly. They can hit as good as like a, like a guy who should be in AAA. <laughs> So like I, 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 you know, DH uh, 30 man rosters so that um, you can like deal with the pitching. There'll be more pitching changes. There'll be uh, you'll have to like the starters will only be able to go four innings at first and because they'll, they'll have a small spring. Uh, but I think like 30 man rosters, universal DH, uh, mostly regular game. Maybe someone tests positive and goes on the DL. Maybe like I, I, I think if one person tests positive, maybe they do DL. But if like half a team tests positive, then like baseball takes like a three week Corona break. But I mean, if if we're looking at a, an option where this resurfaces, right, and we don't hit this herd immunity standpoint and one case leads to a half of a team or potentially leads to two or three halves of teams. What's to say they don't just pull the plug and say, look, this this was a valiant effort. We're fucking over it now. Um, I don't know. The, the the one thing I would say is there's a lot of money at stake. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious, you know, what what makes you think Fourth uh, of July? 
Is that a is that a patriotic thing or is that a scientific date? No, so we're moving towards opening now, and uh, KBL uh, Korean baseball is going to start playing uh, in May. And yes, Korea is way ahead, and they've done different things, and we're not the same country. I understand that, but what I what what that's going to do is uh, put pressure. They're going to be the only live sports for a while, and except for uh, Bratislava soccer, right? Oh. <laughs> Darts Do you see day. that sport where they, they only head the ball across like a – it looks like ping pong, but they only yeah, head yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy looking. Uh, so that's going to put pressure. Also, you've you've heard the national pressure. You've heard Trump. You've heard, you know, they want to open things up. So I think uh, May is going to be the time where we're all arguing about how to open it up. And so if you think about that, we – like baseball puts out – one proposal maybe it gets shot down they put out another proposal maybe people like that a little better they put out another one that's may right so then june is spring training and july 4th is a, is like the baseball loves moments like that so sam and i like i alluded to before did a, a podcast of our sports podcast a few weeks ago and kind of had this conversation about like what does buy-in look like and i'm not sure it's a huge deal for baseball but I really personally think it's a big deal for hockey and basketball, right? It ended so long ago. If you just kind of came back this summer and were like, we're in the playoffs now, I think people would be like, this it doesn't, it's not the same time. Who, who's in the playoffs? Like, who is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think and, and there, might be, there might be a little bit of that for baseball just because it it kind of started with spring training, but not really. And then I think baseball would be like, at least this is a new season. It's yeah, starting from scratch. Just starting from the beginning. Look at, um, but, look at but football. Is, look at how sorry. many people care about football and the draft. Like people still care about football, and I think that mostly the football has been untouched by this because they. To be fair, they, the NFL draft is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love football. Well, I, I mean, like first, the, there's a schedule for football uh, content. I know at the athletic football has been has been keeping us uh, keeping us good because. Uh, there's been a lot of energy around football and that's kept us kept uh, kept a lot of the, the business going and football. The schedule has been unaffected. You know, we're yeah. still, they're still hitting their marks. Um, I do think that uh, thing about basketball, that I think about is like, I already thought that basketball had a terribly long postseason. Like I'm a basketball fan. I love watching basketball. And when I fucking, I check in on like a, an eight, one, you know, in the first round, I'm like, it's all those days. It's all those days off, man. Yeah. And it, like three weeks <laughs> into the playoffs, you're like, it's still not the conference finals. Like, True. why? Yeah. We, what it, is happening? It, yeah, hockey would probably be over right now, but basketball, they're only in like the fourth week of 30 of the playoffs. In terms of baseball, though, what I was thinking was like, if there's, if there's a reason to think that people would see this as like, I'm thinking of a, a you know, what what was the year when the the expos were so badass with Larry Walker and Alou like uh, and it was the strike shortened season ninety four like, apologies um, thanks Sam no like, if, no, I, if, I, if I, there's I'm in a baseball league where you get to pick the seasons ninety four is the season so yeah ninety four uh, expos if there's reason to if there's reason to think that if there is a baseball season this year, that's whatever, however many games, hundred games, whatever it is, that it will be looked back on. Oh, as, the asterisk. Yeah, if it will be looked back on as illegitimate, right? Like, oh, you won in twenty twenty. That shit doesn't count. Um, if there's reason to think that will happen, well, uh, shouldn't the incentive be to be as 
creative True. as possible. I like oh. blow up the divisions. Uh, well, I mean that's universal. Have to happen universal in Arizona, uh, change the substitution uh, rule so so theoretically players can can come back in uh, to get rid of the double switch that I couldn't explain if I wanted to. Like, why not? Right? I don't I don't see I don't see the the reason not to. Like, but you have to have pine tar on your hand. Um, of course, you should have cameras in center field. Shout out to I my mean, Red Sox. They're gonna, they're gonna mic up, they got to mic up the players because there's there's not going to be any fans. Let them wear shorts. <laughs> what is yeah. fucking high league of their own? I did want to point out uh, there was a comment about the ethics of using uh, a bunch of COVID tests on on players. Uh, in Great my point. plan, that I'm just I'm just an idiot trying to figure it out, but. My plan would they would only get tested at the beginning, and I, that still has uh, some question marks. But like, for example, we've already done it. We've done an antibody test that the entire MLB was involved in, and uh, NBA has already uh, gotten more tests than a lot of other places. So I'm not suggesting that they get tested every day when they get to the park. Um, that was like, you know, a one-time deal to, you know, figure out who has it in baseball and then and then move on from there. So. Uh, you know, but yeah, in terms of in terms of buy-in, uh, it should be like twelve fans. <laughs> twelve fans out there. Yeah. Just might go for twelve fans. You, buy a lottery ticket and yeah. you get to go. You get right field. Uh, you you, right right. <laughs> you want to have at least one sort of bare-bellied dude out there. <laughs> <laughs> happy. There is. Get credit. He's in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I'd like to say is that, like, yeah, th- like there's a data reason why the season will be different. Is that in an 81 game season, 100 game season, the variance is higher. So uh, the everybody's playoff probabilities, like at the bottom, just went up. So the White Sox, the Padres, the Blue Jays, they just saw their uh, playoff probabilities almost triple because they because you know over 162 games, you know who the best players are, the best teams are, but you know, in, in 81, it's uh, more likely that something weird happens, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just like, I kind of like, I, I just favor fewer changes. Cause I don't want it to be the XFL. Do you miss it? You know, fair. You miss Baseball? it. Like how bad, how bad? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, miss it. I miss there. it. Like, Oh, I miss it. Like not <laughs> being on the TV at all times. Um, I miss it when I'm, I'm having a beer, uh, and it's like two o'clock on a Saturday, uh, and I'm watching the kids and, oh crap, Buster Bosey just like hit a grand slam or like, uh, what the hell did Matt Olson just do? So like, um, I miss, uh, uh, you know, there's another thing I miss. It's like, so right now I feel like I'm in the winter still. And so I, I'm having like a weird, Yeah, I didn't go to Arizona because I was I was worried that I was sick. I had Corona, and then um, like uh, also just in terms of content I'm making and the, the the way that I'm working, I I go down into I have a I mean this is my basement office, and I've got just two little windows that I have to like kind of paper over so that for the so this looks a little better, and so I I feel like I'm in my hole, um, and. Baseball season, like I get to go to the park and talk to players and uh, interact with people and, and see, like that's my office. Like I get to go to the office and um, like there's like a part of me that hasn't woken up yet. Like there's a part of me that's like still in the winter slumber, like waiting to be like, 
oh look it's 80 degrees outside today like mm. there's a poem <laughs> in there there's a poem in there someplace yeah what does this do too heavy-handed but groundhog day right like yeah <laughs> both literally yeah. when does summer start and also the repeat of each day yeah what just like players careers like do you think if if let's say it doesn't let's say the season doesn't exist i know we've we had a strike shortened season and everything but if you're Adjusting. Hey, hey, listen, real quick. There you go. We need this. Ooh. What is it? We need tomorrow, tomorrow today. today. Tomorrow today. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that, I know exactly what tomorrow is, oh. and I kind of had it today. <laughs> yeah, the this, has been, this, this is me editorializing, by the way. But like, the thing that has been the hardest about all this for me being stuck at home is like, I still get excited for the weekend. And then you're and like, then you get there and you're like, oh shit. This is sad. Nope. Same. No, Sam, what are you saying? Well, tomorrow's about Friday. I just want to know, like, I mean, you talk to these guys. If if there's a season off, like, how does that impact a Justin Verlander? How does that impact a Mike Trout, who are at different points in their career? But does that give Verlander another year that he can pitch? But it's just weird. Like, he's not younger. Like he didn't yeah. skip a year, you know. It's like he's not, you know, at home with his wife and kids. You know, like it, there's just no way that that somehow just gives you a pass. And the flip side is that Chris Sale got Tommy John, and yeah, good. Yeah. Not not that he got Tommy John, but that. But even Verlander is like got more time to heal. You know, um, I think I think that in the middle, it's it's hard to tell because there's bullets fired. You know, especially for pitchers. Like yeah. I feel like at some point, your arms just like I'm done. Um, and so uh, maybe fewer bullets fired means that they're all right. But what, where I really, uh, feel f- is at the end points. So I feel for Ryan Braun, um, Ryan Braun. I, I know that's a complicated and steroids and maybe you hate him and what I don't care. What I'm saying is this is Ryan Braun's last season. Yeah. He's done after this. No one's going to give him a contract. He doesn't do a good enough of anything to be signed for money next year. And he was going to retire as a brewer. You know, uh, if there's no season, he played his last game as a brewer without knowing it. Yeah. Uh, so that's weird. I also feel for like, um, I don't know, maybe even like a Fernando Tatis or uh, a Joe Adele or, or just like somebody on the cusp. Right. Oh, you know, I really feel for someone um, who who just added two or three ticks and was going to be in the draft this year. Yeah. Yeah. There was you know? a couple. Did you, but that Jason Starter from the Atlantic was awesome. But how this affects college baseball. Yeah. There's going to be like some kid who was OK his junior year and it was now hitting 96 and was like, I'm going to be a first round pick. And he's like uploading stuff to Twitter and be like, hey, I'm hitting 96. You know, yeah. come on, put me in the first round. And and people are like, well, I don't know how good your breaking ball is against hitters or, you know, so like, you know, there's, there's, there, it's always, it's like the beginning and the end, the people in the middle, like trout, you know, we're going to have arguments about trout at the end. Anyway, we're going to argue about whether or not, you know, his postseason record matters. If he was, you know, top five guy or not, you know, uh, Ted Williams missed seasons. Other guys missed seasons for the war and stuff. Uh, we, these are, that's actually kind of a familiar argument. Oh, this guy, he tore his ACL at 32. What if he didn't? And he had like four more good years. Um, but it's the guys that like, 
uh, have to delay their start a whole nother year or maybe are just now done. Uh, and that's like, uh, from my experience, like talking to players that just retired or near the end, that's the hardest thing because you think you think you can do it. You know, you, oh, I can still get hitters out. I can still get hitters out. I can I can get out there. I, you know, I someone just needs to give me a chance. And um, there's a divorce rates are super high uh, among uh, recently retired uh, players because they, you know, they now they're home and they they're trying <laughs> they to come on to glory and they don't have the they don't have the groupies they're having sex with and you know they're just home with the family and they're just like what is this and um so like you know getting like jumping into that during corona dude, like uh have you heard anything I, on the business yeah, side I, like our teams i i know there's there's I, at least discussions i don't know if there's an agreement for players to to lose money yet to to cut salary yeah, there's like is there a a concern about i mean i'm not i'm not super worried about billionaire owners of baseball teams but like the players want to get they lose there. can they lose enough revenue to not They're, be able to pay players i mean i don't know what the red versus the, black numbers look like cuz the, the the balance sheets for these for these teams yeah the uh so the first agreement that they made was uh that the players get 170 million dollars um for the first two months or something basically and for those 170 million dollars, the players agreed not to sue for the full season salary. Equally distributed, or I think probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Mike Trout got 160 million, and the other players got the rest. No, maybe it's prorated to to what they would have got. I don't know, but um, they they got a, a certain amount up front. And I know that uh, players kick together money for non-roster invitees and sort of these marginal guys that were trying to jump on that weren't in the necessary on a roster yet. Um, and I know that there's been efforts to to get money to minor leaguers. Uh, but, you know, whatever we're talking about here with Major League, there's going to be none of this pressure to have a minor league season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I hope they pay them. Those are the guys that need it, yeah. They need it the most. And there's also lost development time for those young guys. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be crappy for a lot of people. What happens uh, in coaches' salaries? Those man, like even like batting, triple uh, A, single A uh, coaches' salaries, they just go away. I would assume. Well, the one good thing is they're paid by the major league organizations. In this case, that's a good thing, because if the major league organizations make money, then maybe they can uh, they can make sure that something. Yeah, that everyone gets something going down. Um, and so that's why I that's why I actually think that this that having a season matters and that the TV money matters because that TV money is going to filter down. Yeah. It's going to keep more jobs. It's going to get to the minor leaguers eventually. It's going to keep the thing going. And I don't know. I, I think the players may have to come to some agreement and it'll come after the TV guys. So like that'll be one of the parts of like feeling it out. Like, okay, we're going to have 100 games. Okay, TV. How much are you going to give us for those hundred games? And it may, well, it may not skyrocket. <laughs> right. It may not all be negative. It may yeah, not all be negative. Be okay. I'd be like, oh, dude, we need some TV, please, please. We, we need TV. The Pirates maybe, versus the Rays. I'm in. Yeah, and maybe if you lose <laughs> sixty games, and TV say we're not going to pay you for those sixty games we lost, well, then you say, okay, well, then give us the right to negotiate with ESPN and give them uh, a week, a day, a game of the week. 
And now you're now you got your local games and you got the game of the week on ESPN. You got the game of the week on CBS. You got the game of the week on whatever. So maybe they can kind of find ways to use the lack of sports to kind of um, re- so if they get if they get sixty percent of the money, uh, then I guess players are going to take sixty percent of their salaries. I don't know. Along this, these, is, like this is asking you to speculate, but like, like, is this good for the popularity of baseball? Can baseball knowing like if baseball comes back as that first competitive sport, is it yeah. good for the sport that the, that that we love? Because yeah. I mean, imagine July Fourth. What else? I mean, there could be there could be a basketball game on, but there might be one basketball game on, right, or two, and and, and it might be it might be an eight versus a one seed, you know, or it might be like it's doubtful it's a finals game, right? So July Fourth, uh, you could watch a random playoff game. Uh, for one of the other sports, or you could watch opening day for your favorite baseball team, or the opening day that they they could make it Yankees Red Sox because they don't they can do whatever they want you know because they're gonna have to redo the whole schedule. So I think it, I think it could be a big moment for baseball and and baseball needs it because they just found out that two of their last three uh, champions cheated. Yeah, <laughs> one of one of the last three I think. No Red Sox fan, you're two. They got they got fine. Like Alex Cora got in trouble for stuff he did with the Astros. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. We're fine. Red Sox are good. No, like I have like sort of a, a jokey observation than a more serious one, which is I wonder if like these teams who have been sort of moneyballing it for a long time, the Rays, the the A's, the 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 Rockies, all these teams that for years were like making more on profit sharing than they were spending on talent, if they're sort of like laughing, like we're gonna we're gonna be able to weather the storm because we just don't have a bunch of money invested in our in our in our players. That that's the joke version. The more serious the more serious version of this is Philly just gave high price over three hundred thirty million. Like uh, yeah, exactly. No, the more serious version of this is is there a a, a chance that this really contract like if you're a free agent, you are going to go on the market. So like bad. you might get far less money. It's so bad. Like you might see some serious contraction, and and there's two there's two veins to that too. One is like legitimate market contraction, and the other is owners being dicks <laughs> and and uh, lowering prices, like sort yeah. of yeah, you know, knock knock. Oh, just using it as an exclusion. Using it as an excuse, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I think it's gonna have a, a negative inflect. It's it's weird. I think of this uh, personally. Uh, because I'm a human being and that's just how things work. Um, I graduated 0102. Um, and, uh, I, I'd been getting jobs that I had no business getting in Silicon Valley, uh, leading up to that. And then the job market at my school, uh, like there used to be people pack. I went to Stanford, people you pack in the job market to try and get us. Right. And literally from 98, 99 to without to 2000, the job market, like the job fair, like the thing that we had disappeared. There was like half as many people there. And I went around with my resume. They were like, you're in liberal arts, like go away. <laughs> uh, and the year before they've been like, yeah, you're a sales associate. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then my wife graduated business school in New York in 2008. Same thing. Uh, and she was considering, she, she, she works in like nonprofits and stuff. She'd been considering going over to the private sector and had, uh, I think she was trying to get an interview with Lehman Brothers and Lehman Brothers didn't exist. Oh my God. Um, 
And like weird things like that, it's it's weird how if I had graduated, like if I had been born two years earlier, I might have made and lost a lot of money, but I might have made a lot more money. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sad about it. I don't care that much about it, but it does like weird things like this matter. And there's going to be some group of players like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was asking for $400 million. He's in trouble. Like, what's he going to get now? And after a year of not playing, the question marks, I assume. Like, let's say even play. Are not not getting $400 million. No one's giving a $400 million contract down next year. And like, how many of these guys are going to work, end up working at Home Depot? That's what I'm not not Mookie Betts. (laughs) He can bowl. Yeah. Right. He can bowl. But seriously. You make a, you know, that's a really good point. Like, Again, Brian and I were talking about this 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 week. If we were PhDs going on the market right now, we would be fucked. We'd be right? laughed out of the room. Yeah, yeah. Like also, yeah. also, when we finished our PhDs and went on the market, we were fucked. So, yeah. so well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the market's been terrible forever, and now it's like I have a PhD right now. I'm fucked. So whatever, it's fine. Oh my god, man. No, but I, I, uh, yeah, the guys working at Home Depot. I think there would be a pressure on. Uh, 32 year olds, 31 year olds, um, that are like you thought would get one more deal, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, but that was already happening. What about, I mean, who should we be looking for? Like, who's got an opportunity in this compressed season, in this bizarre set of circumstances for baseball? Who should we be on the, on the lookout for to come out? Guns blazing, or that was my beer delivery. <laughs> Padres, Padres, uh, White Sox, Blue Jays, all the all the teams that were young and had something going on, uh, especially if they were hitting uh, skewed. I actually kind of like the Blue Jays because, like, in a eighty game season, all that hitting talent is gonna they're gonna murder the ball. And what if Chase Anderson puts together? Uh, 120 innings of three five ball, you know. Not that crazy. So, Ten we got a couple teams. Before. We got a couple teams. Who's going to be a standout player? Like who should? Who's the one guy? If we're watching all these crazy games with players in leggings instead of uh, instead of pants and wearing visors instead of ball caps, face yeah. Who's who's the guy? Who's the guy we need to be watching? Aluminum bats. I got, I wonder, you know, there's got to be something about not having fans. But I did ask uh, Jed Lowry recently if, like, if that mattered. Oh, Jedi! I asked him if it mattered, uh, and he was like, "Once I'm, once it's me and the pitcher and the results count, like, I'm not, I don't hear the fans." Yeah, but I, I do look at someone like Bryce Harper and wonder if maybe he needs the fans. I don't know. <laughs> um, or a couple of mirrors at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> Like A Rod obviously needed a mirror. Um, he still does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is really weird to think about. Like, are you? It's one year. Like, may, maybe Major League Baseball comes back. College baseball ain't happening. High school baseball's not happening. Middle school, little league's not happening. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking about my six year old who he was, he T ball last year, coach pitched this year. Like, is there a, a weird drop off to people even wanting to do it when it comes back well 
wanting to do it or the quality of play. Like I've been thinking about this a lot. Like my kid, he's pissed, man. He, he got his cleats, he got his glove, he got everything. He's ready. Mm. To play. He doesn't get to play. The flip side is we're home all day. Like he's got a little. So he, get, he has some time to play. He's got a little ghetto batting cage in the basement. We but he's not. He's not seeing sequencing. Yeah. He's not seeing someone trying to get him out. He's just sort of working on the mechanics. Exactly. Yeah. So I wonder, like, and, and, and maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's five and six year olds, but like maybe it's also the quality of Major League Baseball next year or college maybe, baseball. Maybe oh yeah, the, it'll be weird. Maybe it's the parents. Yeah, yeah, it's the year parents. off. A year off for everyone is, or even if it's not a year off, right? Even if it's a shortened season, like it's. The the it, it becomes syncopated. It's not. It's not. Um, there will be. There will be. Uh, there'll be lost. Sto- there'll be stories lost. There'll be. There'll, like there will be something that will happen. A shift in the matrix. And like the, like we're talking about beer. Like we're not sure how that we're going to come out of this. Though I, I I'm stuck trying to answer the other question of like who 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 would be. I think that it's this. I think it's someone uh, who's not a bloodline kid. Right. I think someone like a, and I'm not, I'm not talking trash on these guys like a Bijou or a Tatis or these guys. They, 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 they saw what baseball was like. They lived in the clubhouse. They have an expectation of what baseball should be like, right? So I think it's almost more like a, a somewhat unknown kid, like who didn't live the bright lights, who doesn't care about the situation, and is young and has fresh ligaments and everything like someone who just like comes in a situation is like, God, yes, we're playing again. And just like, and no one has a book on them and all these like uh, cheating schemes um, probably are harder to do if you're like in Arizona and like, I don't even know if we have track man and like all that stuff. Like, like everybody's the, the guy who like just loves playing like a Javier Baez. Like who's the next Javier Baez, like a young Javier Baez type that just like, like, give me a stick. You have a ball and let's go at it. That guy, I think would be someone that would do well in this because he wouldn't be concerned about how much money he'd make. He just came to the show. He's not concerned about what it looks like. And he just wants to play and dominate. Are you, are you, do you need to go, you know, because we can totally cut this off. Like, uh, let me see. He doesn't even know if the sun's still up because he's in the basement <laughs> dungeon. And I've been uh, meaning to point out the guy could use a little vitamin D from the looks of it. Me? Yeah, all of us. Uh, <laughs> I ran nine miles yesterday. Nice. Damn. Yeah, uh, I'm in Michigan where it keeps raining, so I, I'm the one who needs it. Give us, give us a timeline. We'll, we'll no, I'm it. just checking. I'm checking Slack. I'm checking my stuff. Uh, uh yeah i've got another 20 minutes or so yeah i'm fine okay i'm gonna bounce on the break because my ipad's dying and i gotta get home thanks you know so much brian you're looking bigger than ever sam it's great to see you physically six feet apart today yeah i did thanks thanks enjoy that ipa brother thanks buddy appreciate it yeah you guys have a great day stay safe see ya this is jealous of my beer delivery it's uh, it's uh, I, I guess. Can we jump back to the to what South Korea is doing real quick? Like, I, I why have they been able to bring back? Well, actually, do, what do you know about the deal they tried to make with ESPN? Because I saw you tweet about that. Like, did that just fall through because ESPN wanted money? Is was it as simple as that? Was it more complicated? 
I'm hoping it's just uh, the first step, but I have heard that they um, are talking to other places. So if ESPN doesn't want it, then I mean, th- with the internet the way it is, then maybe it's irrelevant. Like maybe they can just do a streaming thing. Like I, uh, my KBO is a is a good uh, site for um, uh, Korean stuff, and he was asking last night uh, how much would you be willing to pay for you know streaming rights or streaming service and. Um, if the answer is even five dollars, uh, you know, for a half season or a full season, like I think a lot of us would pay five dollars, even even people who are you know not sure about their job status, like five dollars, ten dollars, like th- these are low enough numbers that like that'd be more than uh, than what ESPN would give them, right? So they have to judge like zero dollars from ESPN, but you put it on ESPN versus you know you know, 10,000 people giving us $5. Like what's, what, what would you rather do? Um, and uh, I'm not sure that I'm not an executive that knows uh, what they want, but I do think that they have an opportunity now to be the first sport on the board. Yeah. Um, what is this meant? And they have to, huh? what is this meant for the Atlantic, I guess, now that you're, you know, you're a part yeah, of the athletic. Yeah. What is it? What, I mean, has it been good for business, bad for business? I mean, I would assume, I, I, I don't know what to assume actually. Yeah, we're down a little bit, but um, they're good at data, um, and they they saw what was going on, and they gave a a, a, a three month trial, so it's um, free for three months right now. And that's um, our most aggressive deal to date, but it has kept um, it has kept everything kept everything going. So we're doing okay. I have seen my readership is down a little bit. Uh, but I also do fantasy. Like I was saying earlier, fantasy is, um, impossible right now because nobody's, nobody knows what we're preparing for and what we're, what we're heading towards. So it's kind of weird. Like your normal routine day to day, like I, you know, drop my kids off at school. I go to work. I play words with friends. I read this app. I read that app. No, seriously. It's weird. Like, the stuff that I would usually read on a day-to-day basis, I'm just not getting to because I'm not, it's not like when I would usually do it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so, like, yeah. I, I do a podcast, right? Like podcasts. No one's commuting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also like just, um, uh, you need a date. Like I think as soon as a, even a date is floated, um, there's like more like, Oh, there's no oh. reason to do that right now. Right, because there's no hope. That's why I was saying about football. Football has been doing fine because they're hitting their dates and they still yeah. have a sense of like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a regular season. It's the draft now. And then there's, uh, you know, we're going to have OTA, like whatever. It is. I don't know what they do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, whatever it is that they do over there. And then, and then like, uh, like they'll still have – they did free agency um, just like they normally would have. Um, cause I guess you don't necessarily need to do it in the same room. So, yeah. uh, but baseball, um, you know, I'm lucky personally that, uh, I had a really good January and February. Um, and I, I'll probably survive this. Um, I think, the, I think the athletic will survive it. Um, but uh, all that's contingent on there being some sports this year. If there are no sports across the board this year. Yeah. I mean, seven but if there are no sports across the board this year, like I think we're talking about like, I, I, I'm not saying that sports are so important by themselves, but they are like a bellwether, right? 
they kind of tell you about society and what's going on. And so if there's no sports this year, that means that we basically shelved in place for a whole year, which means that there's like a global economic crisis. Like that we're like ev- the global economy just collapses. There's a pretty, there's a pretty good reason to think that like if slash when it comes back, it'll be, a, I was going to say flash in the pan. That's not the expression. I mean, it'll be, it'll be like, wildly popular i'm thinking uh there's lots of cultural stuff written about sort of the role of baseball post 9-11 piazza yeah yeah and and there's some bad stuff about that too from from the the uh, communication and sociology and 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 uh, philosophy disciplines about like the way baseball was kind of co-opted for political reasons but there's like totally separate cultural stuff that sort of suggests that baseball was really valuable in terms of in terms of be uh, weird to do that without the roar of the crowd though that's you make a valid point but like hold on though like but this this goes back to the beer conversation which is are we willing to rethink paradigms or not right like right but i think shared experience shared experience one of the things i love about uh europe is when you go on a date you sit next to your date (laughs) look outward yeah and you share an experience uh, and I think in America, a lot of times we do this. That's weird. You're just like, there's so much pressure on this moment. But if you're sitting next to someone, you're just waiting for things to happen. And then you can say, oh, look at that funny thing that happened over there. And look at that funny thing. And like, sure. so that's what the bar is. You know, you're just like waiting for something to happen on a screen or in a conversation. You can clown somebody or or yell at the screen or whatever it is. And that's what sports is, is a shared experience. And uh, on Twitter, I think we've been trying to like approximate that with like, you know, beer brackets and yeah. uh, historical dives. And let's all like I was having a, a fun time watching uh, Ali Frazier, like one, two and three last weekend. Um, but uh, there weren't like a lot of people watching it on TV with me because there was like eight million other things, you know, binge watching whatever people were doing and um so like there wasn't a lot of like you know interaction with me when i was like tweeting about on the fraser this is a tech paradigm shift though right like i don't know if other folks are doing this but netflix has the like you collectively start watching a movie with your friends like there might be there might be a version of that like i have a friend who is working on a tech thing that allows you to watch something next to people like we'd be on this call watching something at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a little black mirror, but again, it's, it's, man, I hate to be too. I used like, to think it was not stoner. worth it, but it, it matters, right? Shared yeah. experience matters. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? But I, I don't want to be too stoner about this, but like man. there's, there's a sense in which it's, it's, are you willing to like be flexible and, and come up with a new way of doing things? Or are you going to be sort of like ardent about it, nostalgic about the way we did shit beforehand. Um, I think it would be tragic. I don't know what it looks like. It could be, it could be weeks yeah. or months away, but, but like there may be a version of we, we have to figure this out. And it kind of was happening incrementally anyways. Obviously watching baseball on TV in 2019 and 2018 was insanely better than watching it on TV in 2003 and 2004, you know, 1983, 1984. Etc. Like it's right. there was so much more. Like, can you get? Uh, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a physically massive, but also like emotionally massive baseball fan. Um, I, there's there are games I would rather watch on TV. I know that maybe I don't know if that sounds weird. Like, yeah, well, better on TV, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I love going to baseball games, but like my problem with baseball games is 
is the social aspect that you're talking about. Like people are like, mm. like your day. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm watching baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been we've been killing baseball in analysis uh, in the public sphere. It's really interesting because um, they've been uh, using um, uh, uh, variable seat pricing, uh, and uh, they've been using it uh, in order to sort of price uh, uh, certain populations out in, and get like richer uh, people into the seats that spend more money on paraphernalia and uh, and and drinks and beer and stuff. Um, and they've been using it to kind of make the most out of every seat, and 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 so their revenues are up, but their uh, their uh, uh, in-game like their 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 uh, uh, attendance is down. So yeah. uh, on top of that, you think about the game itself, which has uh, fewer balls in play, um, and has been more uh, uh, more and more focused on uh, the 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 cat and mouse game at the plate. The uh, balls, strikes, what the guy's pitching, strikeouts, home runs. So there's been fewer balls in play, so it's more about does the guy get the homer or does he get struck out? That's the big thing. And that is way more viewable at home because you can say, oh, wow, that was a nasty hook. That was a nasty slider. That was a nasty changeup. Oh, look what he set him up. Oh, he's hitting 98. At the game, a lot of times you're like, what What did he throw? What You can't you tell. Know? Yeah, you can't tell from 175 feet away. Yeah. I would say like 90% of the stadium has no idea what that last pitch was. You yeah. know, the other 10% is either sitting behind home plate or religiously watching the little thing that says, and the little thing that says if it was a slider or not is wrong. Like 20% of the time. <laughs> you know, so like, you're like, Oh, I think that was a slider. I think it was nasty. Like if you're in the bleachers, you're like, and, and it's so funny when they like boo if it's a strike oh, or a ball or something. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're oh, right. Bad call, huh? Yeah. The opposite I mean, of that is though, when you're watching on TV. 400 feet away. Bad call. That was outside. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 400 feet away. That was totally outside. Bend over and use your good eye. Um, I've, never, I've never heard that. Is that a thing? That's awesome. Yes. Yes. What? Oh, that was bend over easier. That was that was mine. That's yours. That's mine. You know what I used it. I want that. I was a. I was a five five time sixth man at at Stanford. It's like the Cameron Crazies. Okay. And I would throw my hair out. And I would yell, uh, and I would wait until the the guy was bouncing the ball, and everyone got quiet for a second, right before they started making the noise. Bend over and use your good eye. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the other one was, uh, "Nice call, shithead." <laughs> that voice sounds familiar. I can, I can hear it. Another one was, uh, 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 "Get a haircut, hippie." <laughs> Which I like because I'd be, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's very um, good. <laughs> Sam has uh, some pretty good Afro pictures from college. Yeah. Well, but, really? Well, I mean, I, I'm very, I, I forgot about Stanford because we, though I think the last time we talked was, it was, it was before Iowa got destroyed by Stanford in the Rose Bowl. So, oh, right. Yeah. I, football, like, I was a basketball guy, but you guys were know. in school. Back to your question, like I think we've been optimizing for the at-home experience in a lot of sports. I mean, it's inevitable, right? Like, 
I want to take my kids to a college football game. Like I would totally go to Kenny. But I don't want to, I don't want to hear NFL. But I don't want these drunk fucking guys behind me yelling shit and spilling beer on my kids. You know what so I mean? You would be from last yeah. year. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were not drunk. And it was like, this sucks. Like, I was you not bring your kids there. Like, there's no way. I mean, I would bring them to me. Yeah. No, we were no, 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 but like, hold on. This is, this is like, does baseball happen in some fashion this year is one question. Can you imagine a hunt? Michigan shout out 125,000 people in the big house this year. I don't no think it's going to happen. No way. And, and do they, do they have that game without the 125,000? No, 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 no. There's no way. They, I mean, they, they get, they get, they get pennies for the big 10 network for TV. And, and the rest of it is I've done this math and I, I deleted it, but it's all, it's all gate receipts. A hundred plus thousand people times mm. eight games a year times 50 bucks ticket. Season tickets are more expensive than that. There's no beer sold there, but food and everything else. No, you're talking about like 50, 60, 70 million dollars. No, um, uh, not to speak poorly about my institution, but they, they're projecting a billion dollars in losses over wow. the next year. I teach it. I teach the satellite. I teach it. You on Flint. I don't teach it. I teach it in Harbor. But they, they were kind of screwed anyway because they had they had to start paying the players soon. I mean, yeah. at Stanford, they had uh, they had <laughs> that's going to kill it. And, and no joke, that's, that's going to kill that conversation. But they had they had a president of Stanford saying, if they make us pay the players, we're going to start another league with other. He, this is what he said: other institutions of similar academic quality mm-hmm. uh, that don't pay their players. And then we'll have basically like an Ivy League football team of yeah. league or whatever, and we'll, we'll just like we won't pay our players, and that'll be up to like Texas and you know whatever or whatever. You start a league with a Stanford and a, and a lot of Big Ten schools, and you pay them enough to justify the education. That's the buy-in. Like, hey, yeah, you're at Stanford, you're at uh, Purdue, you're at Michigan. You're going to get we'll you less than we'll pay you less than Texas will play or whatever. Yeah. We'll yeah. Pay. Yeah. yeah. If you come here, you're going to pay people. They want to, but once they do, you're not, you're not paying, you're not playing middle Tennessee state and shit. No offense or whatever. Like it's true. Once you start paying players, then a high level, schedule changes. It, it creates a different, it creates a professional college football league that yeah. has 50 teams in it or 40 teams. in it. I don't know what it is. And then, I, then you have, you have all these places that are like, no, we're not paying anybody. Then we just want to do sports. Yeah. Well, I have to say that I went to Stanford and I saw the education. Right. <laughs> this is funny. No, I saw the education that the football players got, and it was not the same as most of the people got. And I can say this because I went to their classes sometimes because I was just trying to get through. <laughs> this is like the worst thing I could say because I think it could be traced back. Which is, I went to high school with a dude who I learned later went to Stanford. And he and I were both in like the dumb kid math class. Yeah. I, I was like, a, what the fuck? I went to a class. Oh, it's going to make it worse. It's going to make it worse. He was in the NFL. Ah. Very traceable. Who I'm talking about? I know. Wow. I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm not saying he's dumb. I have no idea. But he was God. in the math class for dumb kids because I was in it. When did when did I you couldn't graduate do math. high school? Oh shit! Do you want to just say his name? No, 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 no. Don't say. When did you graduate high school? 2000. Oh my God! 
You know who it is? Um, no, I don't. I don't think. But I, I know. Ooh, uh, should I say his position or the team? Uh, no, it's okay. I did. <laughs> but I, I know. I there was a guy. There was I didn't say anything. It's not true, by the way. He went to Stanford. He was I, in the, the, dumb, the dumb trigonometry class. I don't know what to say. I graduated in '99, um, and uh, no, no, I graduated in '97. And in my class, uh, there was a guy who was in the NFL who's like an announcer now. Um, and I was down in the computer lab doing a piece, like writing a piece, and literally heard his tutor go like, you know, like say like a line from the essay. Blah, 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 blah. How does that sound? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Can you write my friggin' essay? <laughs> the other thing I did was um, I was in a class called Ethics in a, it was called Edge. Ethics in a developing global environment. And what happened was there was a teacher who sat up there and he read through a high school. Idea. <laughs> he read, he, Grad student. He, he read through a high school, he read through a high school uh history book. And he literally said sentences like, and then the Goths came through and dominated Europe for a while. And then it was the Roman Empire. And then <laughs> and we were just like, I'm learning zero. This is terrible. And the only reason we took it was because all of me and my stoner friends could, we could all collectively send one person. Oh, good. And they would sign in for all of us. Oh my God. That's and we cool. got and we got like four credits. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna leave you guys with this because I we gotta get off. I gotta this kid just She's yeah. just her diaper. Not going to bed. And my wife just told me you got to let everybody know that's breast milk. That is not formula. So FYI. All right. Oh, okay. You told me before specifically that it was formula. <laughs> you texted me and said, "Don't let anyone know this is formula. not just football and basketball." Because my first uh, job after I got my master's at UT was I was a tutor for the swim team at Texas. And they were the most spoiled fucking brats. Oh, I hate this team. Oh, I hate this uh, but it was like to go like you know you were talking about like they would like you know hey, no this sounds better. I remember like the the advisor would come in and be like, well, how's Connor doing on his math? And I was like, terrible. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you should really like you know. He's really good at dividing hundred meters by. <laughs> exactly. Two. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Not much else. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Larger point is, it's not the same education, so you can't just be like, "Oh, we gave them uh, this degree," and so yeah, yeah, it's not quite the same. They don't, they don't live by the same rules. That you know, it's like yeah. I, I don't know. It's 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 dirty. So all right, well, hey, I'm gonna get out of here, gentlemen. Eno, thank you so much, buddy. Tell the wife and the boys we said hi. Uh, Brian, good to see you. And, you know, I'm a huge Twitter follow dork. I've been watching you forever. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, when you come out to Denver or to Michigan, you got to just add us on, or you know, message us on on the Twitter. We got to have beers. The rural yeah. Michigan, I got your back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you, buddy. Hey guys. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds.